0: don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Lads, we're back. Finally. Finally. Most importantly, I'm back. Yeah. You know Adam, you're back. I am. I missed two episodes because I got stuff going on. But Adam Adam is back for episode 100, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The oh math works God. out. The math works out. It does. I think this is like technically episode 77 that we're talking about hockey stuff but it adds up to 100
2: but we can't forget our bizarre adventure history yeah
0: exactly
1: yeah that little uh, remember that era era yeah it the was like very, two months uh, ago not even the brief filled with a lot of you know jokes around daniel's choice of movies being a little subpar some beef about jurassic park versus back to the future And it was good. Some singing from Back to the Future, but that was then. This is now. We're in the midst of don't forget
0: Formula One.
1: Yeah, Formula One. Don't forget both Formula One. That's what introduced us. Yeah. Well, Formula One's a main part of the show. We won't talk about the Spanish Grand Prix today. It's quite boring because we're cutting the we're cutting the fat out of this episode.
0: Why am I eating pizza?
1: I don't know. That's your decision.
0: Why is Alex not eating pizza? I mean, don't worry. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay.
1: Anyway, um. The reason we're cutting the fat out is because I, I leave for two episodes. And you guys did a near three hour episode last week with Mike. My God. I haven't finished it yet. That's okay. And I but had to drive
0: from Montreal to finish it. Mike said that his favorite podcast was Spin Chicklets. So, Mike yeah, it wasn't hours. I don't know Mike's how It's not a lot on the podcast anymore.
1: It's really funny that he texted me about that. He's like, "Alex said this," and I'm I, I didn't launch, say any of those things. I want to launch an official, real, official thing against Alex here. Just um, to, one other thing. Yeah. I'm going to bring up here is um, I left one of because like I'm in the process of just for a little bit, first semester of school at least. I'm going to be in Montreal. What? And left. And I'm back in Pickering was like because my jaw served, You're Figuring that stuff out. So, um, so this I left. Is news to them, me. Sorry.
2: This is news to me. <laughs> <What>? Yes. <laughs> Did
0: we talk about I'm pretty
1: about sure it? I mentioned on the Instagram <laughs> He definitely <chat>. did. But <laughs> regardless, um, I left one of the adapters to so connect to my Mac in Montreal. Yeah. And I can't use my mic about it, so I'm using my old Sony. And if you can look at the YouTube version, if you want a visual experience, you'll see that my webcam is pretty bad. But the mic is working. So, guys, um, it is happy because it is episode 100, though. Um, we do have to start out the show with some bad news. Um, Dale Howardchuck, unfortunately, passed away yesterday. Um, had some couple, uh, you know, um, a fight with cancer. I believe it was stomach cancer. Um, he even had to step away from coaching duties of the Barry Colts and the OHL to do it. Um, I guess first thing I want to ask you guys is when you think the name Dale Howardchuck, what do you guys think of? I'll start with the older hockey fan and Daniel.
2: Um, I don't know. It just, you think of the Winnipeg Jets. I know that he only played really half his career there, but, you know, he's become s- such an icon with that city and that team. And I remember like, you know, he was a huge spokesperson from when the Jets returned to Winnipeg that, you know, he's just been, you know, a figure in hockey. And I always forget that, you know, 57 is such a young age to pass away. Like, you mm-hmm.
1: know,
2: it's really bad to like hear about, you know, everything with like cancer. I know like he... Came out with his diagnosis back in October and just really unfortunate. Like, you know, he he did fight the Mm good
1: fight. Uh, I think he he had talked about that, like, chemo was not – it was not easy on him. Uh, Alex, what about you?
0: Yeah, it's kind of what Daniel said before. When you think of Dale Harachuk, you think of – I think two things. Number one, the Winnipeg Jets, being that he was a first overall pick to the Winnipeg Jets. um, And – And the Barry Colts. Like, I I saw multiple players who played for Barry. The two that stood out, I think, to me were obviously Andre Svechnikov and Rasmus Anderson, who both spent time with the Barry Colts, and how important he was to that franchise.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you really, really good stuff there, guys. Of course, yeah. You almost think of Howard Chuck's uh, legacy. This is a guy who scored over 1,400 points, but it's more, you know, bringing legitimacy to Winnipeg as a market. Um, what he did for minor hockey as a head coach—it's uh, incredible that not only did he give back when he was a player, but also as a coach. Uh, and it was—it was great to see, you know, Evander Kane also saying some stuff. Um, Andre Stechnikov, of course, you mentioned some of the players. Alex there um, played for the Barry Colts. And uh, what was really uh, what nearly brings a tear to your eye is before the Flames-Dallas gambling—it was Game Five. Um, there was a a video of Rick Bonus, Dallas's head coach, um, came out before the game and saw the memorial thing. And of course, um, not only did Bonus coach—I think he coached Howard Chuck back in the day—he also played a little bit for the Jets uh, with Dale Howard Chuck. So again, uh, six hundred point seasons, some fifty goals in there as well. Yeah, uh, underratedly, one of the best players of all time.
0: Shout out to whoever is running the the. Uh, bubble in in, in Toronto, uh, getting the getting the memorial up so quickly. I think it was within half an hour of the game, all it all came out. And then before the Montreal Philadelphia game, because I believe that was the first game to be played after the news was news was announced, they had the board, they had it up on the jumbotron. They had uh they had a video. Then they had stuff going into the first period. So, like, Ron, all the guys who were doing the Sportsnet broadcast, I, I, I don't know if there was an NBC one. I'd imagine there was an NBC one as well. But I, I saw the Sportsnet one. Just shout out to those guys for getting it done so quickly and so eloquently.
1: Another amazing Stephen Brunt video essay on Dale Howard, Chuck. Um, And, of course, I don't think we can we can finish this off without saying um, the job he did for the Canada Cup as well. Hey – Gretzky, you've got this. No, you do. Hey, Mario, you got this. No, you do. Uh, Dale Howarchuk, uh, condolences to the family. And, uh, yeah, uh, not, nothing else to say. Uh, rest in peace to Dale Howarchuk. But, guys, uh, it is a hard turn to go up to. But hockey is in full effect. We're in the Sweet 16. I didn't realize that the last time I was on the show – it was still the playing round, yeah. And yeah today we have four elimination games. Uh, Adam
0: before awesome. we get before before we get to the playing, can we move something up on the on the queue?
1: Uh, just just in-
0: so we get it over with?
1: yeah, sure. is this okay. too ask? Yeah, all right. Uh, then. I've
0: been dying to ask you what you thought of what Mike Milbury said?
1: ah, yes, because oh. we uh,
0: we talked about it i I taught I brought it up last episode. Um, and I still haven't asked you about it And I've been waiting to hear what you had to say on the show So before we get into the new news that has come out like What, what did you think about what Mike Mulberry said?
1: Um, well, when he started off by saying that people in Boston don't like Tuca Rask And this wasn't going to help I thought, man, he's not wrong And then he kept talking Yeah. And there was never a sort of understanding There wasn't a, you know, we wish Tuca Rask and his family well yeah. There was no sort of understanding. And instead of Mike Milbury went on this whole thing of, of, of I wouldn't do it. I don't see players doing it. And man, it just felt like such an outdated take from a guy who's just from a bygone era of the game. I, I, unfortunately, of course we've talked about this before, Alex, you don't normally want, like have the volume up on hockey games. Yeah. I during really the intermission. Like, sorry, not during the intermission. Mm-hmm. So I, cannot watch a game without listening to commentary and that. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every time I put on an NBC game and I hear Mike Milbury, I just enjoy the game less. It just some of this like saying that Muzzin faked um I think he suggested that Muzzin was faking his injury, mm-hmm. never played the game for the rest of that series. He was during the um it was a Tampa round-robin game. He was criticizing Jonathan Drew when he started talking about Mikhail Sergachev. The comparison to an, uh, a NCAA women's hockey game. It's just yeah. I, like, I, I cannot understand why this guy continues to be given a platform to talk because he is just so out of date. I have it's, an
2: idea why. I think it's so we kind of, oh, you want to go first? No, 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 no sorry. James. Go ahead. Yeah, just we ahead. kind of mentioned before, like, you know, Mike Milbury's player gm executive i guess you know commentator now it's you know it's it's the old boys club i think
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's a guy that you know no matter what he he has done you know i don't know hint hint trade roberto Longo for close to nothing yeah. um he's gonna keep finding a position here because you know it's such a small pool of things he's gonna know someone who knows someone and it just i think you know he wa- he knows what kind of brand he gives to a certain audience that he's going to always try to have these like, you know, quote unquote hot takes that it's going to shock people. But at the same time, too, when you think of it, you think of Mike Bilberry.
1: Does he think that, Hey, Dawn's out the game now. I'm going to try and take that. Cause I don't
2: know. Is that really a void that has to be filled?
1: I just, I look at the guys and the girls who are working or, you know, the men and women who work so hard in sport media, Carolyn Cameron's been fantastic this year. Um, I think it's Catherine Tapper on NBC. I, excuse accusing me if I get that wrong? Fantastic. Catsy Campbell-Pascal has been amazing for sports. And Kevin Bieksa has been a breakout star yet again. Um, you know, she has been saved. I, I just I love so many of these people. And then Mike Milbury sounds exactly on air as he does as a player. Like, this is the guy I see who, if somebody disagrees with him, he's going to take off his shoe and start beating someone with it. And it's just – I, it's not what I want to see in the broadcast anymore. I do not see what he adds. So do we, do, would we like to go on to the but, new RASC stuff, or do you have? Any, do you guys before, have anything else to before, say?
0: Before. Um, it's clear that I, I could be completely wrong, but this is just my interpretation of how things have gone down, that NBC just doesn't care about getting that new audience. Like They're content with the old hockey audience that they currently have. Because look at look at what happened with Sportsnet. Think about how in TSN was was be was com- rising up in a lot of their ratings and beating out Sportsnet, and Sportsnet completely changed. Think about the like the radio set list. Completely different,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So I think. I, it just may, it seems to me that NBC just doesn't care about looking for that new audience and is perfectly content with, with uh, the old, with the old stuff.
1: Such a shame. Cause they have some great people there. Um, you and, know,
0: yeah. yeah. And
1: like they're NCAA. probably
0: going to get the next TV contract.
1: Yeah. And the NHL are gladly bending over backwards for them as we have seen, um, as we've seen though. um we'll, we'll talk about Tiga Rask now then. Um, so of course, you guys talked about it. Everyone should know now that um, he opted out of Return to play and he returned home. Now, he has a young family at home. And Greg Hill on uh, on the air said that he, he had had a long conversation with Tuka Rask. And it seems to be there is some sort of medical issue with one of Tuka Rask's daughters. Um, I believe it was the daughters, either four or five, right? And. You know what, I, I am not a father. I am 20 years old. Alex, you're 19, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel's like 46. I'm kidding. Yeah. You know I don't know what it's like to have a son or a daughter. But I understand why Tuca Rass would go. This is, it's so against Mike Milbury as well here that nobody thought about or he did not think about the family side of this because the moment. Your child gets sick, and there is some sort of emergency? We don't know the details, nor should we. That's down to Tuka Rass and his family. But my dear God, guys, um, does this not make everyone else look worse who was jumping on Tuka Rass saying he didn't care about the game and he was making all of this up? The yeah, fact-
2: like-
0: no, sorry. Go, Dad. Oh, sorry. Uh, go, Oh,
2: sorry. What I kind of just felt was why does this have to be a big deal? Um, the amount of players in the NBA that have left the bubble opted not to return in the MLB – like, you know, it's just like yeah, you get the one story and that's it. You don't drag it. It's like that's the one thing I just don't like about this. It's become an isolated story and you know, so many hypotheticals here and there that going on with like ask that why does it have to be something? Like there the amount of stories that have already come out in the NBA saying with a lot of players saying, I am leaving the bubble because I have a family emergency. Okay, you know, best wishes to him, you know, we'll be praying for him, but that's where it kind of ends, right? It's not like, you know, let's question his desire to play. Let's question what's his determination right now to his team. Like, it's just, these are just non-stories, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's a bunch of, it's it's a bunch of crap. It's the same to start. So obviously we said before, Tuka Rask came out and said, talked about the, Hockey that's going on in the bubble and how it feels. And what a, what a surprise! A player gives his opinion and everyone jumps on his back. Like it's typical. This is, this is that alone is such typical hockey crap that mm-hmm. a player gives his opinion and we, all the hockey fans are, yeah, we want change. We want change. We want players to talk. We want players to do this. And as soon as they do it, you jump on his back.
1: What what's even more frustrating here is Don Sweeney and Patrice Bergeron especially came out and said, like, you know, if Bergeron saying we fully support him. Don Sweeney saying, like, if you have any sort of info, you get why we're doing this. The team supported him. He did not want to be a distraction to them. And people are still jumping on Tuka
0: Rask. You know why they're jumping on Tuka Rask? The people who are still jumping on Tuka Rask are the people who didn't like Tuka Rask to start with. It's that simple. And Tim Thomas
1: fans?
0: Yeah, Tim Thomas fans. Last week, when it first came out, Brian Burke said, uh, be careful what you say, because if, this, if or when this comes out, you're going, the critics are going to look stupid.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it
0: it came out, and everyone looks stupid. If you if you go and listen to that interview, if you still think, if you're still criticizing Rask, or you think he's lying or whatever, honestly, don't like stop talking. Turn off Twitter, delete it off your phone. You're just a, a dick. You're just a dick. I don't like. I could use a worse word, but I. I'm not going to.
1: I've never heard you use the word before, but it's very fitting for yeah. the people. Um, you know what, Daniel? Um, what, what's even, even even, worse here is um, it, you can clearly tell now, knowing, having a bit more context, that probably the reason Tukuras says, and this is pure speculation, but I think it's fair to put together here, saying that it, it didn't f- maybe that those games didn't feel quite like playoffs to him was because his mind was elsewhere. I think that's fair, is it not, Daniel?
2: Yeah, I kind of think so, too, that, you know, to be away from your family like this, under, like, this immense kind of circumstances, really does kind of, you know, push you away from, you know, what's been considered, like, the norm of what's play of hockey's kind of been, like, you know, his family not there. He's, you know, really in, like, a foreign city if you really look at it living there away from them and the fact that like something like this kind of comes up and you know we don't know how long it's been kind of there for him but you know it's something that you know he's the fact that he still played shows a lot of like you know you know his determination and you know, his dedication to the team. So I know nothing to criticize there.
1: All right. um, Why is
0: this more of a story than when Patrick Beverly left the bubble and there was literally photographs at, of him at a gentleman's club getting food? How yeah. is this? Why are fans more concerned about Tuka Rask leaving the bubble to go be with his family? Even if there wasn't a family emergency and he want, he'd rather be at home with his family during a pandemic why is that more of a story? How, in, in what world?
1: Uh, in, in in the world of hockey, my friend, though. It's um, the
2: whole hockey culture thing where it's like, yeah. it's, you know, it's, the national identity in a sense where, you know, where you don't, you're not dedicated to that. You're not dedicated to the bigger picture. And I think that's the worst thing.
0: Last thing, if you don't, if you want hockey to change and you're still criticizing to you clearly don't want hockey culture to change. So stop talking about bell media. Let's talk. Stop talking about when someone says something wrong, you clearly don't want to be part of the solution because you're still talking about this crap.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, hopefully, throughout the day, or the coming days entirely, um, people are going to hear about this Tuca Rass news, the update, I guess, and hopefully people uh, actually understand, and, and and hopefully some people go, you know what, sorry, sorry, Tuca. Yeah, I'd so, like to
0: see some apologies.
1: Yeah. Okay, though, we, we will go to the games themselves, and we'll yeah. start by um, – we'll talk about this team now because currently – the Tampa Bay Lightning are looking to get some revenge from last year. Of course, in the playoffs, they got humiliated by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now, they're up 3-1 in the series. They're up 2-1 and the uh, in the first intermission of the game, Lads. In fact, I was on the call here with Alex, waiting for Daniel to join. I look away from my TV, and all of a sudden, in a minute and one seconds, uh, Columbus, we're down to nothing. Nick Foligno, though, gets him within one, guys. And, oh, boy... Um, it, is it fair to say that this is more the series we thought that these two teams would have had last year, Alex?
0: Yeah, yeah it should have been. It should have been. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a couple factors we, that we should we should really be looking at. Number one, I think there's a chip on the shoulder of multiple players, and I brought this up last episode, multiple players and on John Cooper. I don't think John Cooper... Like I think there has to be a serious conversation if John Cooper, once again, loses to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the players, Sergachev and Sorelli, RFAs at the end of the year. Th- someone's going to be moved. If not one, maybe two players are on their way out. Yeah. So... Someone, this is a last chance for somebody with this team. Next year, this team could look really different. So there's probably, there has to be a chip on some of these players' shoulders. Number two, why, like, this should have been last year, but this doesn't come to a surprise. This isn't a surprise. Like, that first game really felt like an anomaly because... They should be scoring. Tampa Bay is a scoring team. Columbus does not have the offense they have last they had last year. They don't have Panarin. They don't have Duchesne. Like those are two big of, of those of their offense producers. Yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois is taking a step. Yes, Cam Atkinson and Gus Nyquist. But it's not the same as what those two players should have uh, brought to the team. So the fact that they're actually beating the Columbus Blue Jackets does not come as a surprise to me.
1: Daniel, how much of this series was dictated when Tampa won that that eight period monstrosity of a hockey game? Like how, how much of a mental effect, you know, you have Seth Jones and Zach Ratsky both playing over sixty minutes. Your your goalie makes a record eighty five saves and you'll lose. Did that have any am I overthinking it or do you think Columbus really had to win that first game? Of course they could still win, yeah. but it doesn't look good right now.
2: Yeah, like I kind of think that where we kind of showed like, you know, how Columbus plays, how structured they are that, you know, they're a complete team that could kind of compete. But at the same time too, you look at those shots where like, you know, like they still put up like what, 56 shots on Andre Vasilevsky. That's a lot, but compared to like the 80 plus that Tampa has, I think Columbus is just kind of showing out that as much as they can do, they're still going to get overwhelmed by like a better team. And getting to that point, what Alex said was, you know, Tampa has a chip on their shoulder. I think, Two things. Andre Vascaleski has to show that he can be that guy. Like, the when they made it to the finals, it was Ben Bishop as the goalie, not him. Um, second, it's that whole thing where what they did at the deadline. You know, they got Barclay Goudreau. They got Blake Coleman, you know, for first-round picks and Kalen Foote. Like, there's pressure on this team with those expiring deals to kind of make a run because, honestly, it's been pretty disappointing with, you know, the amount of players they've got. Like, when I was checking their lineup, like, you know, Mitchell Stevens finally – made the team but at the same time too that they have these guys here and there that they've been so lucky getting these guys in later rounds that you try to you know have a cohesive effort but it just hasn't been the case so I think that's been the whole story that you know Tampa has to show this is like the first team we have to get over to show that you know we could make
0: that run yeah Uh, sorry I think what this team did what this what this Tampa Bay did team did different than what I guess Toronto did in the first round is that Tampa Bay is actually scoring right they're playing they're playing closer to Columbus's game at the same time they're scoring and that's what's that's where Columbus is getting screwed over because like we said at the beginning of the playoffs, Columbus has to work hard to get their goals. But when you out, when you score like Tampa should be and, and really has been in most of their games, like, yes, they're scoring like they're scoring two to three goals, but Columbus is only able to score one goal because they're playing that when they're on defense, they are playing defense. Like they have an actual defense Defensive core right like they're not playing Against Cody Ceci anymore they're playing Against Sergachev. they're playing against Hedman uh, Bogosian Sean Kirk
1: right I, I wouldn't put those last two as a defensive Wall But uh, you know it, it, it's your point of like If you can weather the storm Of a Kucherov or a point You then have to break through the wall Of, of those defensemen right. McDonough or Hedman It is just not fun you cannot, and you know, and it's even like the funniest thing: you still don't have Stamkos for Tampa, mm-hmm. and Kucherov hasn't even turned the button on. I don't know if he will because it's Kucherov, but yeah. And then that third line that everyone's talking about are really leading the way. Yanni Gord, my dear God, you talk about the the late round selections, Daniel Yanni Gord, undrafted Tyler Johnson, undrafted, and this there it really is an argument that. We talk about guys getting moved. It's one of, if not those two, to make room for a Shirelli and a Sergachev contract. Is there any chance, though, that maybe Columbus can tighten things back up? Corpusalo can can, again, like, dial back in, really shut the door. Can the Blue Jackets come back from this?
2: You have to make their shots count, I think. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Quality.
2: yeah. Yeah, quality shots, you know. Play their game, but, you know, try something, you know, final push today.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that, and I think, but the thing is, is they're going to get tired. Tampa's the different, like, again, Tampa's fine with playing down in the corners, and because Tampa has so much depth, yeah, you're they're coming at you with that first line, then they're coming at you with that second line, and then they're coming at you with that third line, and it's great how good columbus's defense are but when those three lines are absolutely rolling they're going to get tired and i think that's what ends up happening here
1: mm-hmm. it it really is the the battle of attrition here guys um it's 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 kind of like trench warfare too you just send your guys until you eventually break through just to get a mile of ground, and that's really what it is against the Columbus Blue Jackets and Jonas Corposalo There,
2: I love that. Oh, that was very really good. Very
1: mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> well, well, I do try. I do try. Um, before we move on to, uh, we'll talk about the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks, our first elimination in the round of sixteen, the Sweet Sixteen. I actually have a surprise for you guys. I have made the official two-on-one podcast bingo sheet of bingo.
2: Hey. Bingo sheet of bingo?
1: The bingo sheet of bingo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would you guys like me to read you some of the selections from the bingo sheet of bingo? Okay. Mm-hmm. We have any mention of Lego. Any mention of Yemi versus Barrett Hayden? There are only six or seven teams that make money in this league. It's science. I mix up your two's names, which will always happen. I mentioned that Nick Suzuki is going to be a star one day. We mentioned friend of the show, Elliot Freeman or Jeff Merrick. I'm sure he's a good guy, but he's not good at the game of hockey. Adam and analytics. (laughs) I fangirl over Nathan McKinnon. Daniel disconnects. Any mention of how handsome Patrice Bergeron is. A free space. Any mention of a Leafs legend. Daniel mentions the World Juniors. I don't mean to make it about the Leafs, but I'm going to. The Leafs are mentioned outside a segment that is not about the Leafs. (laughs) Alex trash talks the Nemesikov or the Ryan Callahan deal. Um, The Havs are good at five on five. Any mention of Mike when he's not on the show. Anytime we mention the Mighty Ducks or the movie. (laughs) <laughs> or the the great Roman J.S. Stiegler. Um, any time we reference hockey central at noon, Leafs hour, or the Steve Dango podcast. Any mention of Yaroslav Askarov, um, Darren Ferris, and sending a client to Europe. And finally, <laughs> any time Alex and I get into a fight, that Man. is the T one one bingo card. I will send. We you could fill
0: up there. that entire sheet this episode if you want. <laughs> I know.
1: In fact, we'll, maybe we'll put it. I'll make it look all pretty we can put it on the Instagram page yeah. and Twitter and, and try and make that all fancy. Like guys on the next episode, we can start playing some two on one podcast. <laughs> bingo of bingo, I'm
0: going to, I'm just going to try not to say any of those things. That's what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> I tried to, uh, I try to make it to spread it out a little bit. I, I will yeah. lie. There are some stretches in there though. Um, you know, when you're, you're when you're on your way back from Montreal, you try and you try and pass the time so <laughs> When you're on we, your way
0: back from Montreal and listening to a 3-hour podcast.
1: <laughs> I had time. I had time. Oh, uh, guys. I'll tell you who no longer has time to play because they got eliminated. That wasn't yeah. good. I'm oh, sorry. that's okay. Um despite Corey Crawford's best efforts. Um the Vegas Golden Knights last night eliminated the Chicago Blackhawks in 5 games. Um I guess to start, I think the Chicago Blackhawks should be proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. They not only humiliated the Oilers, which everyone in the eastern part of Canada is happy with, um, they also made it a closer series than I think they had any right to. And Daniel, I mean, Sir Alex, put it on the bingo sheet. Um, you were on with, with Iceman again today. Snowman. Um, Snowman. Snowman. God, sorry. Iceman. I'm, I'm thinking of a Chuck, uh, Chuck Liddell. Is it Chuck Liddell? Uh, the Iceman, I don't Chuck, know. whatever. Um, you were you were on with Snowman on his little, his little um his platform. Yeah. Uh, right before the show, actually, and and I know he is a Blackhawks fan. You talked a bit about the Blackhawks and that. So, take it away. Um, Vegas, they're good. Chicago, they're not terrible. They're not terrible.
0: Yeah, I think what what ended up happening here is I think the only reason Chicago won one game is really because of that experience. Uh, that playoff experience, and they're really riding on Corey Crawford, Kane, Tay, and Tays, and even someone like Brandon Sod and Duncan Keith. Let's not forget Duncan Keith, of course. But at the end of the day, I'd make an argument that the Vegas Golden Knights are one of the deepest teams in the West, mm-hmm. if not the deepest. Um, and that's what beat the the Chicago Blackhawks because it's great first line, that first line you might be matching up against Keith and Bachvist. That second line, I guess, is matching up against Cuckoo and um, Oli Mata, which apparently they've been really good this playoffs. But when you get to that third line and and even the fourth line, like they're not putting up points, but they're going to throw someone around, it gets tough to stop them,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: especially – when your bottom lines like Calvin Dahan and Connor Murphy, right? So, it, I think where the the Vegas Golden Knights succeeded is with depth. But let's be clear, the games weren't that. Like, it, no one really dominated on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it was too, like they were pretty close, one to two goal games each time, with the exception of the first game. Like, Chicago did make, may have a very tough matchup, and it seemed like they played very well against Vegas.
1: Uh, Daniel, is not it fair to say that this is finally the Golden Knights team we all said was the juggernaut in the Pacific at the start of the season?
2: Yeah, I think they are. That um, A lot of patience I found with their team. Like, you know, I think what Alex said, that that – that depth on that team, like they kind of trusted every line they had to just, you know, go out there. Um, Like if we're going to talk about like, you know, it was kind of expected Vegas was going to win. Personally, I wish, you know, it was two nothing Chicago early in the game. I'm like, you know, they could push this at least six, but they let it slide. They let it like gradually slide. So at least, you know, it was like what Alex said, it wasn't a blowout, but yeah, I don't know. Like when I was watching it, like I had, flashbacks of 2015 Chicago that, you know, that Patrick Kane, that deke he had on Robert Leonard, you know, that's vintage Patrick Kane.
1: Whenever um, he pulls out the old uh, one knee like drag celly, yeah, it makes you nostalgic.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, too, like, it's also the reality, too, when you see those guys, like, perform at the same time, too. Like, it's like they're dragging the rest of the team. And it's not because they're bad players. It's because there's a lot of inexperience, and they've just been caught in that transition where, like, we want to get younger, but at the same time, too, we want young guys that complement the older guys that we kind of have already. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's been a big step for Chicago this year, you know, to kind of match up against a team that, you know, I, I might pick them as, like, coming out of the west uh like the against Vegas like the way they were able to you know vintage Corey Crawford you know the young guys you know maybe they didn't perform as well but you know they weren't terrible like Alex of, like Dylan Strom
0: I have high hopes for them if I'm being honest and there's only one other team that can ma- that matches up against Vegas and that's Colorado and we'll get to them later but
1: Oh, boy, will we? They, yeah. had, they, had a, they had a good last game. Oh,
0: yeah, they did. They did.
1: Um, I, I guess you really look at Vegas and you think, my dear God, um, y- you sometimes forget just how stacked the top six is. Riley, Marcia, so um, Pacioretty, Stone, Stastny. Oh, I th- Riley Smith is the other one I'm forgetting. And, man, Ryan Reeves and William Carrier. Those are yeah. – say what you want about them. You like them in the playoffs, though. Uh, sure. We don't know who – so they're still reseeding after every round, so we don't know quite who Vegas is facing yet.
0: They'll get the lowest seed.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, maybe it's Arizona. Maybe. Maybe they can pull yeah. an upset. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We won't We won't go through that, though. Um, looking at the Chicago side, though, um, there are a lot of questions surrounding that team when you really think about it. They've got some contracts coming up. There are going to be some questions around, you know, your Strom's um, – you know, Kubelik, he was amazing, too. What are you going to do with him? How much do you pay him? Um, yeah. I, I i think now that there's an elimination, we can talk about this. But, I mean, where do the Blackhawks go from here? And I think we can start with a discussion about not young, but not so young Corey Crawford.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to start?
1: Sure, why not?
0: I, I think they're in a bit of a weird stage, uh, simply because they still have – K. Tays, Cain, and I guess we'll include Duncan Keith in that in that original Big Boy core. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? Like you, I wouldn't necessarily call it a rebuild because I don't think you're trading any of those guys. I would. I I think it's more fair to call it a retool. Yes. I um, mean, I think they're doing a retool on the fly bringing in okay yeah Dominic Kubelik I think was a great addition I don't know how many people saw that actually coming uh, uh drafting Alex Brincott, drafting Kirby Dock uh trading for Alex Nylander, trading for Dylan Strom drafting Adam Buckvist like I think they're doing a good good job I think they just they have to be very careful in handing out another big deal like Brandon Sod's up neck at the end of next season. Like, you're telling me you're going to sign him to what?
1: I don't. They were talked to trading him. I don't think that's uh a...
0: Like, they have to be careful and knowing Stan, uh, Stan Bowman.
1: Well, he traded Robin Leonard. He knew where that team was at the deadline. I think that's a little. He limited.
0: shouldn't have traded Robin Leonard. That's the point. He. Yeah. That,
1: they have? They weren't going to make it.
0: He, he should have. Re, it, I guess, but what did you get for Robin Leonard? Malcolm Subban and what? A second. It's better than nothing. I guess it's better than they nothing, work. but I would have let Corey, in my opinion, I would have let Corey Crawford walk and and brought back Robin Leonard. I
2: actually really thought that was the original idea when they got Robin Leonard. Like it was like the $5 million, you know, show me you could be a starter kind of thing,
0: then the extension, then... They wouldn't even sign him for more than two years. Yeah, yeah so and they the, wouldn't have
1: signed... So they were screwed anyway, so you get rid of him.
0: Oh, absolutely, but I don't think the fact that they wouldn't sign him to more than two years is acceptable.
1: Do you think they go back like, to I the tandem I think he's proved
0: thing? himself for an actual contract. I don't know why they, they think he needs another show me two years. That's, that's, the, issue. that's the issue. Yes, if you're not going to sign him for more than two years and he's not going to take it, absolutely trade him. But now you're stuck with Corey Crawford and whoever's behind him. Colin D'Elia. Colin D'Elia or Malcolm Subban. Yeah.
1: Subban and D'Elia is a question mark. Yeah, and I think has Crawford has his injury problems over like, you know, a few seasons ago. Yeah. But I think the performance that he just gave in the playoffs, I think he's, he's gotten a bit more. I think he's earned a bit more of a benefit. And there is a big goalie market coming up. So they could still save themselves there.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, the thing is, if they bring back Corey Crawford, I'll—I don't—he'll know, he'll be like I don't know, like forty, like a Halak type of thing. You know,
0: he'll play what forty games. But who's yeah. it? They're gonna have to bring someone else in. I don't I know. know. Malcolm Subban plays no. the rest of the. the Unless he finally breaks games. out.
1: <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's gonna if he's gonna break out. Um, I, I will tell you a team that that really broke out. Um, in the last game they played, um, a lot was made about the performance of some of the top teams in the round robin. One of those teams were the Bruins who also had a really weird camp. Kasha missing a lot of the time. Pasternak, who has still not played. They, they don't need them. They don't need their starting goalie in Tuka Rask. Yeah. They don't need Andre Kasha to be performing right now. They don't need David Pasternak. Because they kept the Carolina Hurricanes to, I believe it was two shots in the third period. They scored four unanswered goals after being down 2 nothing in the third period against poor James Reimer. And just like that, I'm talking about 2020, not 2013, by the way. Um,
0: yeah.
1: All of that going against them, the 100-point Boston Bruins have showed up. Yeah. And they have done it in a, a – really, it's like when you watch a monster movie – and um, you know it's in San Francisco, so you know that they're going to go destroy the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. Yeah. So, they, I mean... they
0: really did turn up, for
2: sure. Yeah, that, that third period, uh, when I was watching it, just, man, Carolina. Like, okay, uh, James Reimer, he did his best with the shots. I think he was getting... But that first goal, like, when he dove for it, did, like, why did you die? The Jake
0: DeBrusque, yeah.
2: Yeah, why did you die for that goal? And then the other ones, you know, he didn't... You know, kind of inexcusable, like these guys going around the defense. But, yeah, it's just that Carolina, like that team, like they look s- – no, they were like invisible on offense. Like, you know, you wait the – last. you know, they the fact that they still got a goal on Halak in the third period still s- is astounding.
1: They lost – they've already lost Fetchnikov, as we know. Um, yeah, they, that's a huge for, loss. Yeah, for that game – I know he was skating yesterday, but um, McAvoy – destroyed Jordan Stahl in that game. They never recovered. It was, Alex, wasn't it? It was very uncharacteristic of the Hurricanes. And Rod Brennan said they were. it. But to see them fold in like that.
0: Yeah, it it would definitely uh, really uncharacteristic uh, of that team, considering how strong of a defense they have, and to to blow up like that. And, yeah, you're losing Jordan Stahl, but we talk about how – in terms of depth, what they have. like, let's Think about it like this. They lost Vetchnikov, They replaced him with Nino Niederreiter on the first line. The Bruins lost David Pasternak and replaced him with Anders Bjork.
2: <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> so
0: I was on a little bit of a heater last episode. No idea why they played Anders Bjork on the first line. Uh, speaking of... Pasternak's supposed to skate during warmups today, so by the time this podcast is out, he may or may not have actually played this game.
1: We'll see. I mean, yeah. I don't, do they need him? Do they need I him? mean, it'd be really nice
0: to have him. Yeah. He's on my fantasy playoff team, so I'd like him to
1: play.
0: Oh, along with four other Bruins players. One thing I, I kind of had was, third. like,
2: when Jordan Stahl went down, you know, that was a huge check. Yeah. And people, like, I was looking on Twitter saying, like, oh, that's what they lost. That was that, like, you know, the turning point. You know, they lost their captain, you know, for, like, you know, this, this team. But at like, the same time, too, like, I see like, they had Justin Williams, who was tackling their captain, like, two years ago. Like, I, I really feel like, you know, in that leadership role, like, he could have rallied the troops in a way.
1: Also, Rod Brindamore... Should, yeah. should have done that, which is all, again, if we're going to keep talking about what's not expected is, is Rod's one of those guys that, you know, the, the Sarah Sivian of the athletic. No, it was Rachel Dory. Sorry. Who put a tweet after there was a really controversial call on the Hurricanes. I think in game one or two, and they had come back and scored a goal and Brenda Moore was losing. Cause you know, coaches are kind of like, yeah, we scored. Yeah. Good. Brenda Moore was losing. It's yeah. that thing of, you'd run through a wall for that guy. I think that Rachel was game sports. one. That was game one.
0: Because then he got fined.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. He did, and then Dunn didn't pay for it. Yeah. Um, but 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 what what I mean is like, yeah, Justin Williams again. He won on that Cup team with Brindamore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really also is a thing, and I love Rod Brindamore. Who doesn't? Um, he also I think should learn a thing from that that game as well because my dear God, uh, Bruce Cassidy is a. Uh, is a good coach is like, just give him the Jack Adams right now. And by the way, we should all be ashamed of ourselves from thinking the Bruins weren't looking good out at the end of the day, though. Daniel, should the hurricanes be happy if they lose knowing that instead of getting swept like last year, at least they won a the game.
2: No, because I think that they should have come back with the team. They had no matter what the injuries they have, the depth they, that they have, the defense that they have that, you know, they should have at least pushed this to Game Seven. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just that we don't like the Bruins, or that it, the Hurricanes are just so likable. But it's a team that you know we've talked about so much that you know, like I'm a I'm a huge Jacob Slavin fan. Mm-hmm. That I want to see that guy win. I, I he's the type of guy that you know. These guys at Carolina, you know, Brett Pesci, These guys that Carolina keeps bringing in to you know they they're just their fit is so seamless that this is a team that you know. Should do better, like the, you know, it's expected of them. Absolutely.
1: I was gonna no. I'll ask you guys this question after the series is over. Um, okay. The Bruins, though. We'll, we'll switch gears to the Bruins. Okay. Um, Chris Wagner. Yeah, uh, Mike. Mike kept
0: talking about Chris Wagner. Okay. Knock that one off the knock that one off the bingo list. I brought up Mike. Okay.
1: It's insane how everyone always. You know, we we consistently forget about um, the second line of that team. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you lost now. You still got Marchand and Patrice. Most importantly, yeah. Patrice Bergeron. And then the second line, we always forget about DeBrusque. And we always forget about David Krejci.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm so disappointed that we always do. Yeah. Because he is yeah. so good. He's really and good. We, the Blue Jackets have tied it up, guys. Oh. That's massive. Sorry, go on. Go on, fellas.
2: Okay, this is one thing that really bothers me with Boston. They're good. But it's like to their benefit. It's just like they get these guys, and they put them here and there, and they, they're they so good. Like, you know, like before, like, you know, Nola Chari, before he left for, like, Florida, or, like, you know, Matt Gryzlik, Parlinholm. <laughs> Leafs great Parlinholm. They're off the that one off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? Chris Wagner, Joakim Nordstrom, Sean Corelli. Like, all these guys that they somehow put always into, like, you know, wherever in their, you know, their their bottom six or even sometimes in their top six. That they just, they play so well that, it you know, you sometimes, you know, we always focus so much on, like, the all-stars that we forget that they have these guys that, you know, are doing the dirty work for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything else uh, that you'd like to say, Dan? Um, Alex, on the word of the Bruins?
0: No, I kind of, everything that Daniel said uh, is what I would have said.
2: It's really frustrating that they have, they keep bringing in these guys on like these small contracts and like they get
0: so much out of them. It's like what Tampa does. Yeah.
1: I hate the Atlantic Division. Yeah. I hate it so much. So do Uh, I. it's tough. It's tough being a fan. Uh and again we'll say this one more time. They are doing this, the Bruins, without their starting goaltender. Yaroslav Halak, my god, are we seeing a rewind of 2010? sorry. 2010. Okay. Dear God, I hope not. Um by the way, man, he really should have waited till after the playoffs to get that contract because uh he could be making a lot more money. But he doesn't mind I'm sure. Guys
0: Wait, who are you talking about? Halak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
1: If I've noticed in this playoffs, and so far we've talked about we've talked about it of every sort of series here, is there have been some spectacular performances from goaltenders. It seems like every night we hear about a 40-50 save performance. I love it so much as a goalie fan myself, though. Unfortunately, in one series, the dam broke. Darcy Kemper has been somehow able to keep the coyotes in this series versus uh, Colorado. Though in game four. Colorado, 171. Kemper was pulled. His save percentage is still over 920. I believe it's a 924.
0: Uh, 915.
1: 950. And what I love about this is, sorry, how much?
0: 915. That's still pretty solid for...
1: NHL.com lied to me earlier today, and I'm not that. Uh, so a hockey reference has it at. God damn NHL. Why would I trust NHL.com? Uh, and what I love oh, about this... Uh, is Adam, I'm...
0: because, sorry, because it's including the play-in series.
1: Ah. Mine's
0: just the four games.
1: I see. All right. And the best part about this for Colorado, and we'll go into ripping the, the Coyotes in a second here. Um, Leading the way, nine points for each of these players. Nazem Kadri and Nathan McKinnon. And, oh, boy, has McKinnon been an absolute – he's been like a bouncer.
2: As advertised.
1: Yeah. So yeah. strong. My God. And Kadri – Nice of you to not get suspended because look how well you play,
2: yeah, um I was listening to overdrive about that Jamin McClennan uh, and uh, jeff O'Neill were talking about that you know they're like, you know where was this Kadri the last two seasons you know and the they, they yeah, they joked that like you know it they uh talked about like you know good on him not getting suspended, but the fact that he has nine points so far, and you know he you know two goals, one assist last game, and I hate that they brought up the. Tyson Berry again, but because it was supposed to be just on Colorado, but you know it was something that you know it was great to see that you know he he's having
0: an amazing series so far. Yeah. Two two things there about Kadri. Number one, he's not like he's not suspended; he's playing on the ice. And number two, he's playing in a role that he's succeeded in in the past as a second line center. There it is. Last year, he played on the third line. It's like we're even during the regular season. Everyone's all confused at why Kadri's playing so well. He's playing in a role that he succeeded in in the past. He scored thirty goals twice before John Tavares got there. He um, he was matched up with Connor McDavid and shut down the line. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a surprise.
1: Yeah, the, the the same this that same game. I remember uh, OT McDavid. Sorry, McDavid gets stripped by, of the puck by Kadri. Yeah. Even complains about it to the refs. Um, the Leafs go on. They score. Yeah, this is this really is um, the Nazem Kadri that people love. Uh, also, of course, guys like McCar. Uh, everyone who should be firing is firing. For that's the, the
0: biggest thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, oh, that and that is not news. I think we all expected this, and. I, I, I fell into this this thing of false hope, this, this dark pit. And the, the walls of said pit were Kachina jerseys. And I really thought, after the qualifying round, because everyone can score against natural, and for some reason I thought there was a sign of things to come. The, there's, it's one thing to, you know you can rely on your goalie and maybe take an extra chance or that. It's a different story to leave him out the dry. And you still can't produce in the offense like the Coyotes aren't able to do right now.
0: <laughs> we, knew it was, we knew their defense was leaky. We knew their defense was leaky. But what that was was horrendous. I, you have to feel bad. Like You have to feel bad for Darcy Kemper because he's getting, I think he has one of the most shots against throughout the play-in and in this round
1: and I'm gonna look at the stats quickly. Okay.
0: And it's it's like come on, like do something for the guy. The guys who showed up in the first round against Nashville in the play-in series seem to not be showing up. Uh, Christian Dvorak, 0 points. Phil Kessel, 0 points. Taylor Hall has 2 points. Who else? Let's let's pull this up. Clayton Keller, 2 points. They have no positive players. Everyone's a minus. And then there's, a group, I think, five or six players who are, who are uh, even.
2: I think I've said it before where, you know, this series is kind of a showing of what you get when you have a complete team and you kind of kind of are like patient and compliment what you already have. Then you see the Coyotes where it's like, hey, you know, we – we're having a bit of that streak, you know, let's just add in Taylor Hall and, yeah. you know, we already got Phil Kessel on the off season, you know, like we have like these marquee guys that, you know, what we've talked about before where I've said, where maybe they got them to be like, you know, let's sell some tickets, but now it's just kind of, it's just kind of showing that, like, you know, it's just all these pieces put together, but it's not like a cohesive product.
1: Um, would you guys like to hear the shots against Darcy Kempers? Yes. So this is including the playing round. Um, okay. Nashville, game one, 43 shots against. Uh, game two, 28. Game three, 40. Game four, 52. All right, then we go against um, the Avalanche. Game one, 40. Game two, 28. Game three, 51. Game four, where he got pulled, 22 shots, four goals against. The guy's workload is insane. Does this not
0: remind you of Montreal at all? Like the fact, like like maybe not this year because this year's a little bit different. But when Shea Weber's out, and the defense is a little more leaky than usual, they're getting murdered in shots, and Darcy Kemper has to stand on his head.
1: It's worse because in the playoffs you're going to have these wicked overtime frames when they get just pile on, pile on. There's yeah. more pressure. So, I, I, uh, it's just, I don't know how you as players, I'll never understand this in my life, you can see your guy taking all this abuse and you just can't seem to turn the switch on. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind
1: of my I, I don't
0: want to say that what they, how they played against Nashville was just all luck. It's
1: Nashville.
0: But, yeah, like, I think they they were able to out-offense Nashville. But then the thing is, it's not like they're even trying to out-offense Colorado. Like, they're just stuck. It just seems like they can't do anything. Like, I think that for how many, okay, two in the second game, four in the third game, one in the fourth game. Goals four? Yeah.
1: Zero in the first game. They um, you mentioned they outscored Nashville, and that is a Nashville team whose leading scorer was defenseman captain Roman Yossi. Yeah. And then you go to the Avalanche, and the only reason i they they didn't have more players um to the scoring level towards Nathan McKinney is because they were hurt. But then, you've got again, there's Mac, there's Kadri, McCarr. I wonder how many – I'm going to look up Nashville scoring and see how many points McCarr had more than um, the scores on Nashville. Okay,
0: Mike said last episode, and I think I'd I'd have to agree with him, that Arizona's making Eric Johnson look like a puck-moving defenseman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, help Darcy Kemper. Like – what the hell? Like, okay, we're let's just assume they lose. I think they're playing today, correct?
1: I believe they are. Uh, yeah, they're playing they're
0: this this tonight. I think. What do you do with this team? I don't know. Like, there's a there. I think now with the flat cap, I think there might be a higher chance that Taylor Hall resigns. Maybe, but. <laughs> what would else you, do you If do with you this? were Taylor Hall, would you resign? I, I, c- I consider it. Consider I consider it, yeah. it. Because you're not going to get as much. I don't think he's going to get as much money as he would if there's an uh, increasing cap. And knowing that we're not going to see an increasing cap for at least three years, potentially even more.
1: Um. By the way, the leading scorer on the Yotes this year in 70 games was Nick Schmaltz with 45 points. I changed this to the Yotes, by the way. McCarr had 50 points on Colorado. I just thought I'd mention that. And uh, that's, those scoring woes have continued. So there goes my, uh, my theory about yeah. good and bad ice. But um, the, is- the issue is they didn't –
0: they showed up against Nashville or seemed to show up against Nashville and then disappeared against Colorado <laughs> – and that's what that's what's happening on the ice right now. Maybe yeah. because
2: like they feel like I don't know, this is what I can see. Like it's like the mountain mount the mountain aspect, like you know, with Nashville, like you could conquer it, but can you conquer the Avalanche? I know. No. 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 It's just like is there literally a mountain on their thing. But anyways, um, that's what I kind of felt that you know, it's just it's just like yeah, the same story with things, just it's like I don't know, like the the coyotes like it was brown, bound to break like I like that good analogy of like a dam like the floodgates have opened that the coyotes like you know everything is kind of broken show us we'll just show you now all of the aspects where you know you could score on us where you could take advantage of like you know this is this is a team that I don't know it just they just don't look like they don't want to be there anymore
1: Mhm um I forget who said it but, but somebody said Someone in hockey media says that the winner, and this is a bit we might have when the playoffs are done, the winner of the Stanley Cup will be the team that manages the bubble the best. Um, Next series we'll talk about is, by the way, the way I've constructed this was, of course, you talk about Crawford and that, like the series that's already been done, then in order of like the game schedule. So next up, the Habs and the Flyers, a.k.a. the Montreal Canadiens versus Carter Hart, Crossbars, and Posts. Sorry. Okay.
0: Sorry. What?
1: I'm, I'm just gonna quickly. I'm gonna sit back a little here, because I have. I imagine you guys have some questions for me about this series.
0: Sorry, I was fixing something on my computer. Okay. Um, that's why I I zoned out there for a second. That's fine. Um. Yeah, I do. If I'm being honest. Okay. Ooh. ooh. Why is this team looking very different than they
1: did against Pittsburgh? I don't think they look different. They haven't been playing poorly. This is the problem. This is a... I am feeling very much a repeat of 2017 versus the Rangers here. And that is that Price is playing extremely well, which is not a surprise. Mm -hmm. They cannot score... They're not the, they are playing to the Flyers' level, but they just cannot score a goal. To save that they hit four posts in Game Three, and then Game Four, you can't be shut out in back-to-back games versus yeah. the playoff. The playoffs. Alex Belziel, i don't know if you guys saw this—two-on-one ends up that Belziel is in front all the time in the world, right-handed shot in front of Carter Hart, and he missed the net. Brendan Gallagher Champions. has three assists since entering the bubble, and that's it.
0: Yeah, can we talk about a, a few players? And so I only, I just right now, I only have the stats up for uh, the four games they play against the Flyers. I can go get the other ones. But oh. in this series alone, Max Domi, goalless. Uh, Drew Ann, goalless. Brendan Gallagher, goalless. Mm-hmm. That, that, those three guys, like, I'd expect to put up something. Like, Thomas Dittar and Jespericot Kanyemi both only have two goals. But, like, Jespericot Kenyemi looks completely different than he did the entire season.
1: He's so good. He's so good. It's, it's night and day.
0: This is what happens when, you know, maybe, like, players, like, heal from injuries and stuff like that.
2: I don't know. Yeah, you give them time, you
1: know. Hey, I don't know. The AHL isn't a bad place to go, guys.
0: I, I don't know. It's science. Yes. Cross hey. that one off. Wakey,
2: so, Adam. Yes. So f- the whole time when there was the Leafs against the Blue Jackets, Leafs Nation put hashtag Free halt, Hall and Oats. What is the goal? What what is the goal song for the Canadians?
1: It doesn't even have a name. It's just no. kind of like hey. So free.
0: It's not like a actual song.
1: It used to be a song. They changed. Um, so it,
0: hashtag Free Hey song.
1: No. No, there's nothing to do. Okay. It doesn't. We haven't heard the goal song in, in I
2: know that's the thing. You got to free it.
1: Like, how do you? This is. It's a simple recipe. How do you be the good goaltender? You get traffic at front. You, you block his eyes. You get bodies, and you know it's it's simple. It's simple. Okay. You get guys in front of the net to go to the net. Get rebounds, screens, deflections. Let that me ask deep. you
0: this. Let me ask you this, Adam.
1: Yes. What did the
0: Montreal Canadiens do in game two? That they have not been doing in Game Three and Four. They were motivated because their coach went to the hospital. But but on the ice, like because yes, maybe Philadelphia did not have the greatest of games in Game Two. But on the, when you're watching the game, what is it specifically that they did in Game Three, uh, Game Two that they didn't do in Game Three and Game Four? Because something seemed to be missing.
1: They're not talented enough.
0: But I thought this was a five-on-five team. Yes,
1: now, they are. Are
0: they not playing five-on-five? I thought Philip No they, Beno was a
1: top center. They do play great, and they are a good scoring team at five-on-five. Mm-hmm. The issue is they are a team, and we've talked about this on, with many teams like Columbus, Yeah, they fight for every goal. Um, right. And the issue is when you cannot get an easy goal – eventually it catches up to you. And unfortunately, that is catching up to the Montreal Canadiens. I give no credit to Philadelphia. It's just there is the extra step to – like I think if anyone thought the Flyers were going to win game two, you're insane. It wasn't going to – the Flyers were not going to win that game. I mean – It was not going to happen. I I
0: think the narrative before the game, just what happened with Claude Julien off the ice – that's a starter for why they weren't gonna win the game in the first five minutes, just it looked like Philadelphia wasn't gonna win that game.
1: By the way, because I haven't been on the show, uh, my best wish is to call Julian and his family. Apparently he's uh Clerk Muller talked to him the other day and he's mm-hmm. he's walking in, he's good. So he loved good. it. Apparently the thing he got done, my grandmother got a lot like years ago. So it was so it's good to see that Julian is, is all right. That's good. Um That's cool. has run out of excuses because he's been playing in the top six now.
2: Mm-hmm. On the wing, I prefer right? Sorry? On the wing.
1: Yes, he's been on the wing now. Jonathan Druin, I love him. I can't make excuses for him anymore. He just has to be better. It's like the guy the entire team oh by the way, if you want like a a, a real reason that they just can't seem to, to get anything going as well, my dear God, can they not make a pass? They just cannot make a pass to save their lives. And Jonathan Drouin has this horrible habit of just – he gets in these funks where he cannot complete a pass. Sometimes he just needs to take a, a step or two back with his game because he's trying too hard.
2: That's, that was the same criticism they had for him in Tampa where uh, you know he'd take the puck and you know, try to do it all on yeah. his own. Yeah.
1: And like bless you. I love you, Jonathan. Just take a step back. That's all I need from you. Just take a step back, and relax, and make the simple play.
2: Yeah, like you know, the pressure's not there anymore. He's not a center anymore.
1: No.
0: What do no. you mean the pressure's not there anymore?
2: <laughs> I mean, what you does know, for him mean? to not do too much, it's not for him too much. The pressure's there for him to perform, but not the.
0: he yeah,
2: not I, the heavy pressure okay. to be like play out of position and you be, know be our yeah, top scorer.
0: Because I'm, I'm gonna say like. He's been heavily pressured since he arrived in Montreal day one. Number one, he's yeah. French kid. Is he Canadian?
1: Yeah, yeah he's French. He French, Canadian. French French Canadian. Yeah, um, he's from outside he tra- Montreal. Pardon? He's he's from outside Montreal.
0: Okay, and he's was traded for Mikhail Sergachev. Yes, and a second right? rounder. So there's, no, it was
1: one for one. It
2: was one for one. no, no. It was a second rounder, I believe. No. Yeah, yeah, I will pull up the trade. Okay, it was
1: a one for one, Daniel.
2: It, it was definitely one for one. Jonathan, no, it was um.
1: It was one for it one. It was
2: not one for one.
1: Yes, it, it was.
2: Um, it was not one for one.
1: I swear it was.
2: Duran was traded by the Lightning along with the conditional sixth round pick in 2018 to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for defensive prospect Mikhail Sergachev and a conditional 2018 second round. pick But they did;
0: those didn't switch. Did I they? Thought, I don't think so because the conditions okay. weren't met. The draft So
1: you're draft. right, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the moment you said conditional six, like oh crap, you're right.
0: <laughs> Here, let's see. Cop friendly will tell me.
1: Um, while mm. you're doing that, no.
0: Though. Sergeyev played in 40 regular season games. No picks are exchanged. Uh,
2: okay. Sorry, guys.
1: No, no, you're right. It was in the initial yeah. trade. I just we for- I it forgot. It just ended
2: up becoming one for one because of the
0: conditions Yeah,
1: because the conditions. You are right. Like uh, okay. apologize. But well, I'm going to try and save face and say you are kind of wrong. But I was – no, you are right, though. You are right.
0: It's such an odd condition.
1: Yeah, yeah. but whatever. If, we'll if
0: Sergachev to- doesn't play 40 regular season or playoff games that doesn't, for it the It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter right uh-huh. now. We're not talking what about the that. hell? We're not talking about that. <laughs> <Okay>. What? <laughs> not talking about that right now. God. We're not going for another two hours here. Is Daniel lagging out?
2: No. What? No.
1: Okay, you
2: were just, okay, sorry. All right. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, doing, i was, I was trying to do so a delayed play. laugh so, you know, it's no. not too hard on the microphone.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, by the way, I, I never thought I'd ever have to say this in my life, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, Brendan Gallagher is disappointing me for the first time ever. Wow. Wow. He, he, was, he, apparently, he was not happy that at one point he was on the fourth line in the last game. Brendan, okay. I love you, dude. Like, I love Brendan. I get to go paintballing with him. At some point, effort is no longer good enough. I need results. The team needs results, and we're not getting them. I like a professor there. Shut out in back-to-back playoff games. No. They need a miracle.
0: They do. Terry
1: Price's save percentage is like 949. What are you going to do about it? The Flyers don't exist. Yeah. Anything else you want to ask me about this series, by the way?
2: No. Anything you'd like to say? Marshall coming back.
1: I hope they do. I really what do they did. have to
2: do to come back? Score. Score. Score.
1: That one. That's good. One. Um, I, I mean, I'll tell you this. Uh, if if the rest of the, the team can play up to... Sorry, the garbage trucks here. If the team can play up to about half of the, the play that Jesperi Kinyemi is playing at... They're going to win. Like, again, the Flyers aren't outplaying the Habs to me. The Habs are outplaying themselves again. And, um, I mean, beside that, I don't know what
0: else to really say. Is Sorry, is the garbage truck on the bingo card? Sorry? The garbage truck sound. Is it on the bingo card?
1: It's not. I should put it on there, though.
0: I think was it last
2: episode. It was for me. It
0: was an ice cream truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah?
1: Did you go get some ice cream?
2: No, it was just Mike and uh, Alex are wondering, like, what is that sound? It's like those uh, random uh, jingle songs.
1: But, uh, you know that was bad because I picked up my mic and went into my chair there. All right. Um, I guess next we we will pick it up a bit here. Um, guys. Oh, we didn't talk about something. I don't what? know
0: if – Couturier versus Deneau.
2: Oh, yes. I was talking – yeah, there's been, like, a topic I wanted to so ask you I'm going to let
0: Daniel and Adam uh, fight
2: this one out. So – who is the better two-way center for the series right now?
1: That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, at the moment, I, I, I would probably give it to Sean Couturier. The reason that is, is simply because I have not noticed either of them. Mm-hmm. Now, that entire D'No line is kind of built for playoffs, and they are very good. Um, at the same time, Philippe Deneau has kind of disappeared off the score sheet along with everyone else. Um, but it it, it, it it hasn't been as much of a story as I thought a lot of us would be. Uh, what has stood out to me about that matchup, though, is – is um and they talked about this on the Sportif Athletique, Arpant Basu, Marc-Antoine Golden, French guys – is that Alain Vigno has not been afraid to go after that matchup of, like, Deneau's on a starting lineup. Couturier, get out there, buddy. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, there is a story that the, the Voracek has scored, but the rest of the top-line guys for the Flyers?
2: Kind of flat. Well, and Michael Raffle scored.
1: Yeah, Michael Raffle. Michael Raffle. Oh, no. Michael Raffle. Where is he? I don't
2: know. He somehow finds himself in the top six every year. Some, like, yeah. like, you know, I don't know how. but he I've does. heard
1: the names Derek Grant and Nate Thompson more than I have Claude Giroux. And, and since I'm here... Boy, do I love. Carey Price cocking his fist at Derek Grant. I love that <laughs> so much. Like I, I love when Carey's got a bit of bite to him. Um, you know who and he should have way, done that to? Hmm? You know who he should have done that to instead? Xavier Ouellette. Yeah, his own player. Yeah, but he couldn't see it. If you look at where Price no, was oh, looking I know, for the puck, I know, I know, he couldn't. I know. I'm sure after the intermission, he sat yeah. him down and was like, listen here. Uh, idiot. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> throw throw another guy into me. I dare
0: you. Because then the next it's going to be you. Yeah. Next I'm it's, popping you in the face.
1: There are a few things that are better than angry Carey Price. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best goalie. I love him so much. Okay. Guys, I had a bit of a scare in this series. Um, tonight, um, a big, a big, really big game. As big as playoffs can really get here. Uh, the Blues and the Canucks are tied 2-2. The Canucks were up to a 2-0 lead. Um, the likes of Hughes, especially Bo Horvat, great performances. Um, but since they have pulled away from Jordan Binnington, and Jake Allen has taken the net. The Blues have been storming back. Ryan O'Reilly has been massive. The Vladimir Tarasenko has left the bubble. He's going back to um, talk to the surgeon about his surg- surgically repaired shoulder. Big loss for the Blues, but they still have all the momentum right now. Alex.
0: I mean, I brought this up last episode, and Mike was not happy about it <laughs> at all because I called Jordan Binnington a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's not a fraud. I just think you got to play the better goalie when you're in a situation like that where you do have two competent goalies. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, you look at how what Dallas was doing, you know, going to Bishop and going to Hudobin and staying with Hudobin. I think that's what St. Louis is doing here. Like, Jordan Bennington's 0 2 in the series, Jake Allen is 2 0. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I think you got to stick with the goalie who's hot and the goalie who's playing better. And that seems to be Jake Allen. And that's when things turned around.
1: That's so strange to hear. Maybe because it's Jake Allen, but um, D- Daniel, we'll, 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 we'll stay on the blue side there. Um, because they were the kind of the opposite of the Bruins where you no, know, they were still bad in the round robin. But they really did not look fantastic. The Canucks were really running their show for those first two games.
2: Yeah, I think, like, two things. Uh, based on what Alex has to say about the goalies, I can't lose here. Both played for the World Juniors for Canada. So, I've been yes, I've been huge fans for both of them throughout it. Um, yeah, but I don't know, like, what we talked about before, like, the way the Blues won, you know, they have the skill, but at the same time, too, they, they do have a heavy game to them. And I think with the way the Canucks have been, they've been matching them up really well. Like, I think... You know, Jordan Bamington, you know, ah man, like I hated to see that criticism he got. Remember when um he said he should have won the Calder? Yeah. Of Elias Patterson, that was kind of like, you know, not his best moment, but you know, that was really brought up after that game two lost. And for Jake Allen to kinda of come in now and you know, you know, kinda of perform, you know, like he was kind of like that starter for a while there. So like, you know, it's nothing really lost there. But I think the blues now are You know, they they have more momentum. They have the guys clicking. You know, Tarasenko is going to be a huge loss for them. But, you know, I'm going to be looking at, like, you know, David Perron. I'm going to be looking at um, Jaden Schwartz to kind of, like, pick things up. And that defense is still rock solid.
1: Mm Hmm. Alex, what do you make of the play of the Vancouver Canucks?
0: I mean, the first two games, they looked uh, pretty damn good. Like the Vancouver Canucks we saw in – I mean kind of what we saw in the uh in the playing series against Minnesota, the guys who are supposed to be scoring are on fire uh you got Miller Pedersen, Horvat, and even Besser who are playing spectacularly add Quinn Hughes into that mix, and of course, Jacob Markstrom, who is standing on his head, that's mm-hmm. another guy who's faced a lot of shots. Right, so you gotta be worried at that point, and like, may I, I? don't necessarily think the dam's gonna break, but I do think something's gonna something's gonna pop.
1: I cannot wait for the reaction from Canucks fans if the Canucks blow this completely. Like, if they don't win any of the remainder of the games uh, in this series, it will be a learning experience nonetheless for those young Canucks players, especially the big three. Exactly, um, exactly, exactly, exactly. And, oh boy, uh, Quinton Hughes. I'm not getting off the McCarr bandwagon yet, but I am getting close to it. I am getting close to it. He is very, very good.
2: Yeah, like you know? the way he move the puck, like this series was amazing. And I think that's kind of someone that, you know, I, I like seeing lead your defense. But at the same time, too, like as much as Tadev and Edler have been, you know, solid. You know, they, they need to kind of move the puck a bit further. They need to kind of get their legs moving in front of Jacob Markstrom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joy D- Ben's coming, guys. Don't worry. He is okay. always a... The better of y-
2: the bends Question mark. <laughs> uh,
1: We will. <laughs> we won't go as much into the Canucks today just because they yeah. are, again, they are one of the, I think they're the only team today that is not in an elimination game. So we will definitely do more uh, on them. A little bit later. Now the rest of the last two teams are are playing tomorrow, and we will start with the team that ruined the show for me today because I was getting ready to rip the Capitals for getting swept. Though Todd Reardon, despite a win, mainly thanks to Alexander Ovechkin scoring his 69th playoff uh, goal last night, there's a word to describe that everyone at home knows what it is. Though Todd Reardon. Is really getting out out, um, out coached by his former former boss in, in Barry Trotz here. It is a red flag to me <laughs> that the Stanley Cup champions from only two seasons ago, with the likes of Ovechkin, with the likes of Kuznetsov. Unfortunately, Backstrom is not healthy right now. John Carlson has not been fantastic. They are looking like they cannot play, period, right now. And yeah. is this just a masterclass from Barry Trotz against the team that he probably knows better than the than the Islanders?
0: Yeah, I think that's the talking point. Like, we all talked about how Barry Trotz coached two years ago, but I don't think we talk about the effect that it can have for the Islanders. And Barry Trotz knows this team. Most of the team that most of the Capitals – are are kind of the same team that won it back in 2017
1: 18
0: Two, yeah same year 2018 close enough
1: not the same year
0: <laughs> close enough all feels the same um like i feel like no that's not a huge talking point like let's we can go back to the first game and i keep bringing this up one period in tom wilson has 9 penalty minutes like I understand I understand that yes, we expect him. Like right now he has seventeen penalty minutes. Half his penalty minutes in four games came in one period. Like they know what they're doing. Like they're trying they're getting under his skin and they got it under his skin in the first period.
1: hmm So it's I like think, yeah.
2: They know what buttons to push to kind of You know kind of steer the capitals away from the way they want to play like you know it's kind of like just exposing them you know tom wilson you know for a guy who's that undisciplined to be on your top line is you know not a good look it's something that you know bray trotson knows he's the one who made up that line
0: yeah
2: you know what i mean and like you know if, if you're gonna isolate ovechkin where like despite the fact that he had you know a pretty nasty goal last night um you know, I trust Brady Trotz. I've complimented him so much. I chose him for our hypothetical Team Canada squad yeah. as the head coach. And yeah, yeah. you know, he's getting the most out of the players. You know, like Pajot has surprised me. Like I still criticize that trade, and he surprised me. Like he's become a pretty solid two way guy for the Islanders.
0: Let's not forget Washington's also not getting very good goaltending.
1: No. Yeah, I hope he's done. He is. he, he is so far it. Don't how much... Sorry. Did you guys see who the Capitals signed earlier?
0: Uh, Zach Fukale. Zachary
2: okay. Fukale. one Canadian great. Let's get yeah. that guy in. Zach Fucale.
0: How much do you guys think the series would be different if they had Ilya Samsonov? Like, is goaltending the real issue here?
2: Like, it's been leaky, but it hasn't been, like... Seven one.
1: It's not Hope's fault John Carlson hasn't scored.
0: Hasn't scored a goal? Nope. He has six oh he has six assists.
1: Mm-hmm. He's he's a big part of that power play, too. I mean, it's been Ovechkin. I mean, again, by the way, uh, if you thought Ovechkin was passing on that goal, you're insane. He was God, he's amazing. I, I don't know how different it is. Oh I my mean God.
0: I have a great stat when you're done. You go ahead, then. They have, they've had three players score goals. The caps? Three players three. have scored all their goals.
1: So Ovi, because Ovi, O-V.
0: O-V, yeah, O-V, Kuznetsov, and T.J. Oshi. That's well, it. Yeah, that's expected. That's it.
1: Rana has been their even strength scorer, so he's been quiet. Action's
0: Zero, hurt. no points. Oh,
1: oh, that's rough. That's rough. <sighs> And I, it doesn't help that you lose our, Lars Eller for some games. He was a uh, Lars Eller is back, right? He is now. Yes, he's yeah, playing on the he, second he, line. He yeah. just missed. The, he just missed the first game. Is that what he missed? I, I don't know. I know he's missed at least one game. But you know, yeah. still like losing a center when Backstrom's out. You know, that that's a guy who is good in the playoffs. He, he got your Stanley Cup winning goal. You never want to lose that. Absolutely. Um, Again, we talked about John Carlson. That is, if he wins, people have been saying if he wins the Norris, um, abolish it, abolish the trophy, and I agree. <laughs> just get rid of it; doesn't count anymore.
0: The, the Islanders have ten players who have put a puck in the net. Consistency all around.
1: Anthony Beauvillier was really, really good during the play-in, and Barzell. My dear God, is he? Uh, <laughs> and when Anthony. There was something on Hockey Central that Anthony Stewart talked about that I want to I want to bring it up to you guys. So he's like, Oh, Hopey was probably a little surprised because he's not used to the score, like having a score associate, and he gets surprised when he see a, sees a guy like Matt Barzell. Yeah. Do you not? And ex- then Brian Burke said, Well, I think he would know when he sees the number, Sturimut. Um. I don't know why that sucked. Maybe it's because Anthony Stewart was legitimately upset when Montreal beat the Pens. Like, he's in my bad books right now. But, I mean, like, you can't say that the Caps are in this situation with something like they wouldn't expect the Islanders to score. Especially Matt. Bur- like George Everly is. is amazing. They're full of playoff performers. You, I know you, you said, yeah, John Gabriel Paggio, but a Rangers fan won't tell you how good he is. Beauvillier is decent.
0: Yeah, but I think the thing is when you look at the last two years and how they – even if you look at the playoffs and how they've won their games, it's been by defense first. Like, yeah, I think think it's a little bit of a stretch to say they're surprised Mm -hmm. because I think if you look at that team, how many of them are pure scorers by nature? And I think the one name that really comes out – is Matt Barzell, and I think maybe you can include uh, J- Jordan Eberle in that yes. too. But there's yes. not no. Yes, John Gabriel Pajot can put can put up points, but I think you think of John Gabriel Pajot more of two way. There's a, not many players who you think of as scorers on that team. But I do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that. But I think if you look at the New York Islanders, they win by defense first.
1: mm Mm-hmm. The uh, the Capitals have a mountain. I would definitely not count them out. Let's see if Ovechkin starts turning it on. He's yeah. that man's a monster. Last series we have to tackle here. Um, to quote Beauty and the Beast, tale oldest time. Between Goudreau and Monahan, they have one goal, and Dallas are leading the series three two.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised. I really liked how Daniel put it last episode um, about how they're both like teams who have had major issues, just mightily battling it out.
1: Just two teams that like their stars can like constantly disappear. Right. Daniel, That's
0: how you put it.
2: Yeah. It's just like two guys where they technically have paid these guys to be your core players, but they don't perform when it matters. Yeah. Or, you know, J.B. Ben the last two years.
1: Fagan doesn't have a goal, by the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, last, last episode, I, I must have cursed it or something. Last episode, I said Monahan and Pavelski were pointless. Monahan puts up two assists, and Pavelski scores a hat trick.
1: I mean... Uh... If I'm Dallas, I kind of question the fact of giving a 35-year-old who just had a massive concussion that deal. But, man, he has not slowed down. Man. He has not slowed down as Joe Pavelski. It's insane how um, how that guy, he's one of those guys that just when the game needs it, he can flip a switch and be like, yeah, I'm going to win this game now.
0: Yeah, I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know if I'd say he hasn't slowed down. I'd say he comes up clutch when you need him to come up clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that $7 million worthy?
1: No, it's not. No.
0: Because, no. Li- listen, he played 67 games this year and he put up 31 points. That's his lowest total since the lockout season.
1: Uh, I, I just thought I'd mention something very quickly, guys. Uh, the Blue Jackets set a franchise record for most shots on goal in a single period. They had 24 in the second period.
0: Wow! At, oh, they're up 3-2 the hell did I miss
1: and they're on the power play um, sorry uh Daniel can, Alex can you see that stat again sorry
0: Pavelski had 31 points in 67 games this year
1: yeah that's, yeah, that's-
0: and he the last time he put that that's his lowest total since 2012-13 where he also had 31 points and in only 48 games though so I, I think he has slowed down, but he is coming up clutch when the team needs him to come up clutch, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what we haven't mentioned actually.
0: For uh,
2: 1.5 million this year, Cory Perry has two goals and one assist. Of course of course. In the playoffs okay. so far. Okay.
1: I mean, I mean, not Pavelski. Sorry, uh, Perry is a kind of guy where you can say, "Hey, Corey, can you just kind of, can you just kind of try and piss the goalie off, please?" Yeah, and he does. That. I mean, that's how they beat the Oilers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ducks back um, when the when the Oilers. Had- I mean,
2: that was when he was yeah. still scoring. When the, or- you know, he- when the Oilers made the playoffs, yeah. Corey Perry still had you know 11.17 games in that year. You know, that's not bad.
1: No, 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 no. no. It that's
2: not- when Corey Perry was still a. Uh,
0: guy. Yeah, I, I like the the way Daniel puts it. They're two. I, I don't. The struggling is the wrong word. Two teams with major issues that are just battling it out. Yeah,
2: where like they'll have the highlights from like you know like Anand Hadobin or Dylan Dubé, but. Yeah, Not from Sean <laughs> That That's the issue. <laughs> or J.B.
0: I think that's the issue with Calgary. They're getting the, the guys who look the, the best are the guys on the third line. When Milan Lucic, when they're saying, oh, it looks like prime Milan Lucic, don't you see that as an issue?
2: Yeah. Or um, Denny Gurionov, Like, this guy scores, and they're like, you know, we're still going to cap you at 12 minutes a game.
1: Yeah, that's so annoying. You sound like Dimitri Filipovic. He loves that guy. And he is. Rick Bonus, um, he does not know quite how to allocate that ice time. You know who we should take a second to um, acknowledge here? I think I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. See. Is it Cam Talbot? It was Miro Heiskanen. Oh. But no, yeah, we can talk
0: about Cam Talbot. So what team is going to sign him to a long-term big boy extension? Calgary the Oilers. <laughs> Could you imagine I believe it I believe it I He's mean Coming home It's not Peter Chiarelli But It's still Ken Holland
1: it, It's still the Oilers um, It's still that Oilers sort of curse It's still the 1980s
0: big boys up in the office Okay This is true
1: <laughs> Um, I think that is everything guys um, Is there anything else you guys would like to say
0: Um, Did we miss anything? I don't think so
1: Sure. Hope we didn't. I, I think, think the so. Blue
0: Jackets push it to
1: seven. You heard it here first, folks, ladies and Jeff. Ge- Jesus Christ! You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. But does Tampa win?
2: I don't know. We'll find out I'd on like the next Tampa episode. So find out
1: <laughs> next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh my yeah. god! And then the, then the theme song kicks in. Right, lad. Uh, well, if you are listening, um, hi there. It's nice to see you. If this is your first time listening to the show, or maybe for some reason you've been listening and you haven't subscribed, what's the matter with you? Um, You should go on to wherever you're listening to the show and follow, subscribe, any sort of thing you do like that, I guess. If you're on a platform where you can leave a review and maybe a five star rating, you should do that. Um, Definitely. We would appreciate that.
2: One more thing. Sorry. Leave a review. One more thing. Yeah. Happy 100, guys.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah Happy 100.
2: 100.
1: Woo, Happy 100. yeah. Yay. Kind of forgot about that. I think, do you guys have a favorite moment in the history of the show? Start. Uh, uh, we'll start with, with Alex here.
0: Uh, David David <laughs> Aries episode. David all
1: right. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Um,
2: I, I don't know. This is really corny, but I've actually enjoyed all of it. <laughs>
0: You know what? Daniel's been doing this really often. He, he won't pick. Last He goes, yeah, I think the series is going to go to seven games, but I'm not going to pick a team. This is a decision. Come on. It's going to go to overtime in game
2: seven, but I'm not going to pick a team.
1: <laughs> so you're not going to give me an answer. I guess not. I'm understanding. Okay. Um, mine is anytime I speak. It's just a godsend. So um, what you're
0: saying is the same answer as Daniel. So every episode. No, because I've missed two. Okay, so 98 episodes.
1: 99, because we did the we did uh, the unofficial one that hasn't been released yet. Okay, yeah. Probably so never okay. will be. But it's yeah,
2: a secret about- episode. Yeah. You have to buy the DLC. It was
1: okay. huh? Yeah, it's a DLC. <laughs> Five dollars. You have to pay for it. It's not EA Sports. Let's calm down here, guys. No, no, that's EA not-
2: Sports is like fifteen dollars. <laughs> Huh? This EA Sports would be like a $15 expansion pack.
1: Can we talk about how there's this stupid NHL 20 gaming tournament and it's like regions and they said the Canadian region or something? Canada's not a goddamn region. It's a country. Is that what they... I mean, I, yeah, like, you see the commercials. with that. that what's his I name, do see Patrick? the commercials. And he's like, the NHL things, the region finals are going on, and the Canadian region looks to be the most... Com- it's not what's, a region! What, what, what's the
0: other regions?
1: I don't know. They only speak about the Canadian one. Oh. Like, it's not a region, you dick. It's a country. It's like how everyone in, like, the UK is like, yeah, I hate America. Montreal sucks. And you're like, it's a different country. It's like, not to me. Not the
0: same but Stephen thing. Harper said no, it's no, a nation even within worse. a nation. That's even worse. That, see to say Montreal and then say I hate America or that's worse. That's arguably worse than calling Canada a region.
1: Then uh, best city in this country, by the way, is Montreal. Alright, um yeah. If you want to check out the show for a visual experience, check out the YouTube channel, which is growing. It's getting going. You guys have finally listened to that after a hundred episodes appreciate it um yeah leave a review because for some reason someone left a two-star review on the show oh I was there it is they can see it they can know we try we like to keep the the thing informed and i was freaking out on our group chat I'm like leave a review if you don't like us at least tell us what we're doing wrong help us improve constructive criticism yeah, we have some conspiracy theories <laughs> we do we're not gonna mention that though we're not gonna mention that though um Okay, quickly, it it's 3-2 Columbus. Columbus. Who's going to win this uh, game? Alex, go. Uh, Tampa. Daniel, go. Columbus. All right, you made a decision. Very good. Yes. Okay. Um. Oh, Lego, I'm dropping. All right, bye. Bye.